0: Brings us closer, closer to the moment when the next generation of NFL stars learn their destiny, and franchises try to lay the foundation for the next dynasty. With the first pick, pick. this is First Draft. Now, alongside NFL draft insiders
1: Mel Kiper Jr. and Todd McShay, here's Chris Brown.
2: Welcome to First Draft for this week. This one's really going to test the chemistry. Uh, Usually, Staminal. I'm here. Mel's safely in Baltimore, and Todd is usually running through an airport to a pro day. So now we're all in the same room. Mel's, Mel's in dire straits. Borderline exhausted. Borderline. <laughs> <laughs> this is like day. I, I had
1: no food since three o'clock in the morning.
2: I, I gotta talk to Camby or something because right now you look like day three of the uh-huh. draft, or maybe the day after day when three. you got to come back to yeah. Bristol I and do the like day ten three. shows.
1: Yeah. There's a plate full of muffins in the break room.
2: Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, here we got problems. Pumpkin pie. Yeah. That's we're going to have turkey burgers. This is usually when Todd's got like three Diet Cokes, two vitamin waters. Yeah. Mel's got a pumpkin pie. But uh, anyway, we're all here. Hopefully we can make it through. And uh, we've picked a uh, contentious topic annually where we have to try to agree on the top three prospects at every position. Usually we decide one of you is the GM, one of you is right, the do it. area. Let's, let's, let's do it because there's been some movement. Both of you have mock drafts coming out tomorrow, two rounds. Talk about being asked the impossible, but you guys do it. Real pros. Uh, quarterbacks, both of you, are we clear? Top three with Trubisky and Watson, Mel has Mahomes. Todd, who's your third quarterback? It won't surprise me if
0: if Pat Mahomes winds up being the third quarterback. I still have Deshaun Kaiser ahead of Mahomes. In the rankings. In the rankings. I think ultimately, when you look at it, both big-time talents, big-time projects. And I think you have more work to do with Mahomes. So I, would, I think Kaiser, but it won't surprise me at all if Mahomes goes ahead of Kaiser. And I, I will say this. I really believe Mahomes is a first-round pick, and it, I think it's highly probable we have four first-round quarterbacks, which is something that is so classic, so typical, and mm-hmm. ridiculous. But you know, as as we see every single year, the quarterbacks get pushed up late, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure why. Mel. Well, I had a certain person
1: named Todd, Todd, Todd McShay scream at me, yell at me when I thought I had the nerve, the audacity <laughs> to put Patrick Mahomes in my second round. Mm-hmm. Remember that, Sprawl? He's like, no way, no way is he a second-round pick. The chemistry issue. Holmes, no, no. You're all angry tonight. No Ron. chance, no chance. And here's Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> don't I, don't, I, don't, I watched, I watched don't, that don't Baylor, bay tape, Baylor
0: tape, that great defense. I, I actually started to turn the corner. The more tape I watched, the more I understood the talent. I just think from a- anyone who's studied this quarterback position and the mechanics and the pocket presence and the accuracy and the consistency that you need to have success in the league, Understands that his tape is
1: really scary at times, and I got to give my area scout Chris Sprout credit. Yeah, because my chief area scout, <laughs> my senior senior scout Sprout, comes through with a quarterback midway through. He calls me up, Todd. He says, "There's a quarterback you got to look at. I like this guy. He's going to go a lot higher than you think." I don't like? Just saying. Got to look. Got to look. But you liked him. It was Nate Peterman at Pitt? Oh yeah, yeah. And he ends up. Throwing five touchdown passes late in the year to be Clemson only quarterback. To Clemson was really the big one for him. Yeah, that kind of put him on the map. Yeah, I was really on the one that map before. One. So I give my. That's why you have good areas. That's the why Todd, you got to have quality areas. Yeah, I'm, I'm not
2: calling you and telling you okay. who's
1: doing well out there. Yeah. Well, well, you got you to have a guy. Got to have a guy. One
2: guys. other thing on Mahomes, I think it's worth bringing up. That was a. I talked to a few people. That was kind of rock star reviews from the uh, pro day. You know, just just it seemed like you know Todd, you've mentioned a lot of. Put it this way, he's a pro day kind of guy because the tape is a lot less than what you see from terms of physical attributes. Is that fair? Yeah, I would say so. And I think he
0: he has he carries himself in a way that, you know, guys are they look at him as the leader and kind of he's just a wild man playing the quarterback
1: position, is yeah. what he
0: is. And you're gonna have to rein a lot of that in, but you like a lot of that Brett Favre type playmaking
1: mm-hmm. ability. So Some, it, something happens though, this time of the year where quarterbacks get elevated. Right. We sit here every year doing this exercise. And you get to April, and all of a sudden, these quarterbacks that you thought were second, third round picks are getting moving. Deshaun Watson at one point was a 2 3. Mahomes, 2 3. Think about where Kaiser even if was going to come out. And then his, even his head coach said, shouldn't have really come out. Uh, Trubisky, a well, I, one I year think starter. I'd rather
0: with, just consider the value. And it's kind of ridiculous at the quarterback position because if you nail it and you get the right guy and you develop him properly and you have the right things in place then it doesn't matter where you take him. But I would rather gamble on uh, Josh Dobbs in the third round than I would using a first-round pick on Pat Mahomes. Now, where he goes, mm-hmm. who is you – know, Dak Prescott no, got better in the NFL than he was in college because he had such good time and he had really good coaching and a good running back and a solid run game and, and was put in a position to succeed. Not everyone's going to wind up with the Dallas Cowboys behind that offensive line, so I – you know we can talk about the the skill sets of these guys all day long, but so much of it it sounds like a cop out. But so much of it is where these quarterbacks wind up landing.
2: And let's remember here before we jump to the running backs, again another first round quarterback fell off the board this morning when Tony Romo said he's going to do this next year. So that's another guy where suddenly if you're the I don't you know I don't think necessarily Denver was that far down the road on on anything Tony from what we heard, but certainly the Texans have to be. Texans have Tom Savage now, and they think they might have a Super Bowl team elsewhere. So, again, you know, rational teams make irrational decisions about quarterbacks. It's been said before, and they it'll like happen Savage. again in the first round. They yeah, like, they might. They
0: like Tom Savage, but... They should draft Peterman and just have a... But, pit, they, but you know. they were, I, from everything I understand, excited about the possibility of, of having Romo if Romo yeah. became
1: available and, and was a free agent not to trade for him, but... yeah. And let me say this about Peterman. Peterman kind of fits. Not everything is described about Bill O'Brien. Peterman fits. Yes. I mean, he is the except model. The,
0: except the arm.
1: Well, because the arm I, will get better. Because yeah, he's Tom got huge didn't hands. Have the best arm. Right. Coming, coming out. out, a lot of guys' yeah. arms get better. Yeah, they have the big, as long as they have the big enough hand. And he's got the hand. He's got the size. He's got the all the other mental attributes you need uh, and mental capability for the game. Uh, yeah, I think he's the kind of guy that uh, that certain coaches and coordinators will gravitate to in the second round. Whether it's Houston, another pit quarterback, I don't know. But it's Cedarman like and the,
0: Dobbs are the two guys in hot, the second day. I wouldn't even say. I just think that they have the potential to be starters in the league. I think Dobbs has a little bit more physical tools, maybe more natural arm talent, but both of them are really smart. They were competitive the fourth quarter leading their teams back. They did they did a lot of things that are similar traits to what you see of guys in the league that go on and have success.
2: And now everybody's gonna have to tune into Gruden Camp with these guys uh-huh. and they're gonna get bumped up even more. It's perfect. Jeez, I put a little gas in it, but Mel's driving the Peterman bus now. It's amazing. <laughs> Who would have thought second
1: round? Yeah, and in, and in, in, think September,
2: October. No, you had. I mean, you had him down. Not knocking you, but you had him yeah. no more in
1: the ten, eleven. Yeah, way. And now he's up around four, five. All yeah. right, let's yeah. get to
2: running backs here. A little less contentious here. Mel, you have Fournette, McCaffrey, Cook, Todd. About right.
0: Fournette, McCaffrey, Cook. I think. I think that's right. I think Joe Mixon. If it weren't for the off the field issues. Would be probably number two on that list coming Any out of Any chance he slips into late round one. Yeah, there's a chance. There's always a chance. I, you mentioned earlier, Mel, today we were mm-hmm. talking to Oakland Raiders. They have a need. He fits perfectly what they want. He. Th- I was watching. Who was I watching the other day? Oh. He, they put him out in the slot. Or no, they don't. He comes out of the backfield on a wheel route. Mm-hmm. And he just toasts this linebacker. And and, and like 60, 70-yard touchdown. Oh, and, the, and the catch. Just reaching at the end. I mean, he, yeah. He can legitimately
2: run routes, can separate, and is a big-time weapon in the past game. And if you saw, he was maybe the best offense against Ohio State in a game where they basically got shut down. He returned, he returned a touchdown kickoff. on a kickoff yeah. against the a- – Ohio State team where special teams, Todd's been out at those practices. That's not a thing.
1: Well, let's face it. If he, if it he wasn't for the off-the-field issue, he'd be arguably the best back in this draft. Yeah. yeah. And you think about it, nine games, he averaged over six yards a carry. He had averaged almost 15 yards a catch. He had that 97-yard kickoff return against Ohio State. He ran 4-4-3. It's almost 230 pounds. I mean, the kid's a special – he was special talent coming into Oklahoma yeah. as yeah. a football
0: player. Well, we could have two second-rounders out of Oklahoma. So Marjorie P. Ryan is oh, going to be a day day-two day yeah, yeah. pick. And uh but no, I I think those are right. I think Fournette, eight seems to be the best spot for him. I would love to see him in that Panthers mm-hmm. that Panthers offense where more than seventy percent of their run game was inside zone and uh and power. Yeah. And so that's he fits perfectly in there. He could take some hits off of Cam Newton. I, I actually I think Jacksonville's a possibility, whether they stay at four or move back just a little bit. You're taking the best player. But then McCaffrey, I think, is a top fifteen pick. The Eagles are a perfect fit for him, I think, and I think after that, Dalvin Cook probably has the best tape in terms of creating his own yards and explosiveness at Florida State. And he, but he has the fumbling issues, the shoulder injuries, and concerns about who he surrounds himself with. I think yeah, those three things could drop him to the end of the first.
2: I'll tell you what, it's it's almost like the tight ends with these guys. We keep talking about oh, these there's this quartet of even five, you know, great backs early on. But these are going to be some really good guys. You know, you see, if a guy like Foreman is there late two or even early three, that's a really good player that far down the board. But anyway, so let's move on to the wide receivers. Top three, I think we're a consensus here with maybe one sleeper, if Zay Jones is in the picture for either of you. Right now, Mel's got Williams, Corey Davis, and then John Ross. Todd, do you, you change that order? I've got Corey,
0: Corey Davis. I have 91 grades on both of them. 91 on Corey Davis, 91 on Mike Williams. If if you're pounding the table for Mike Williams, he's bigger, he's more physical, with better ball skills. Mm-hmm. You're pounding the table for Davis, you say he's got plenty of size, six foot three. he it plays faster, and he also is probably the most advanced route runner in this class. So you're getting a really good player with both of them. I think there are some minor issues. Williams has got to become a better route runner and, and just run a, a more advanced tree in the NFL. He's going to have a little learning curve that way. Davis is coming from the MAC, had some drops, and I think has got to learn to secure the football. But with both of them, again, I think they're both top 20, at worst top
1: 25 picks, and mm-hmm. I think they'll go probably somewhere similar in terms of range. Yeah, a couple guys to throw in, you mentioned Zay Jones. Uh, Chris, the East Carolina receiver who certainly could be a late one. The wild card is Curtis Samuel, however you view him from Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Chris Godwin, Penn State, uh, you know, John you know, Ross. John, you know, the USC game, just look at that game. And, and Cooper Cup. Could he be a, a guy like Jordy Nelson who comes into the league and, and, uh, and really puts up big numbers and is super productive? So there's a lot of other receivers other than the top three. Uh, they could, could be d- pretty good.
0: More depth mm-hmm. at receiver than there is elite talent. Yeah. I, like, I look at Carlos Henderson. He's a, he's a he's risk-reward guy. He needs, he's got a lot of growing up to do. And, but, and he really didn't play a ton of wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Dude is explosive. The return game, after the catch, vertical route runner, and he's got an edge to him. I like him. I think he's, he's tough, and he, and he plays physical even though he's not a big receiver. And then even going down, Mac Hollins I think has, has a chance to be a steal. 6'4 receiver, big, physical, mature, gets it. I think somewhere in the third round, because of the injuries he suffered, I think if he could stay healthy at the next level, and you could say that about every prospect, but if he can stay healthy, he's got a chance to be a, an impact player that you can get maybe in the third
2: round. All right, Todd, you list off your top three tight ends in a loaded class.
0: O.J. Howard out of Alabama, David Njoku, Miami, both first-rounders. Evan Ingram probably top 40, 45 pick. Could sneak
1: into the the first round coming out of Ole Miss. Yeah, can't disagree with that. I think Adam Shaheen from Ashland make an argument, maybe three. Uh, Jake Butt probably would have been had he not had the, the knee injury late. Farrow uh, Brown, same thing from Oregon Really good player, at the injury But he's a really good player when he was healthy at Oregon Question uh, on Jake Butt here mm-hmm.
2: Just because I think it'll affect his draft From what you know, just because you guys have been mm-hmm. Talking to people Is Jake Butt, what's his timeline here? People don't exactly know Okay um, It
0: looks like he'll be ready for the season But questionable how much he can do Leading up to
2: Okay, But I mean, given how much football he's played Again, this was a guy who could have come out the Year before, yep. if he's ready at all, even in August, early December, he's, he's a second rounder. I he's think.
0: a second round talent. Yeah. I think you know, just a notch below elite, but I think he has a. He's a really good football player. I like yeah. Jake Button. All
2: right, let's let's keep going here. We'll go quickly through the offensive line, which we again, is is not the strong suit of this draft. Top three tackles are we going Ramchick, Robinson, and Bulls?
1: I think you have to. I think Antonio Garcia from Troy and Taylor Moten from Western Michigan we Will be in the discussion. I think you know, Bowles has some upside, but there's some concerns. Uh, inconsistent player needs to be, uh, you know, I think just more solid week to week than he showed at Utah. Cam Robinson is he a right tackle or a guard? And Ramcheck, one year guy, I, I, he keeps that frame between the defensive end and the quarterback. No matter how you want to, you know, scrutinize uh, what Ryan Ramchek is as an NFL player, he was yeah you know, really good at Wisconsin and consistent in doing that. So I, I like all three, but I don't like them. Early, I think you, you, you probably don't consider an offensive lineman until pick twenty,
2: which yeah. could set or at
0: least close to setting a record. I think Forrest. How long we're latin'. I think Forrest Lamp from Western Kentucky is the best offensive lineman. But if we're guard. talking tackles, he, he's yeah. a guard. He played left tackle, had an awesome game against Bama, and he's moving inside to guard because that's where he fits better. But if strictly tackles, bowls, most athletic, most upside. Ramcheck number two and then Cam Robinson three. Cam Robinson is a mauler, he's big, he's long, he's just a, a leaner and he's gotta develop his technique. But uh but he's gonna go in the first round because you you just can't coach some of the stuff that he's
2: he's given. It is just in terms of interior lineman, is Deion Dawkins really the oh. only from, from Temple the only other one we're
1: thinking possible for round one? Yeah. Well, I think mean, he could be a late one early two. And Dawkins, it gives you a lot. I mean, you know, about the tackle spot, maybe he's not, but as a guard, I mean, he can really get after you. Tested well, played well, provides versatility. I think Deion Dawkins is a, a late one, early two. You yeah, like good tape. You like luminor from Texas A&M, Todd.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, tackle, guard. As long as pretend, he is it, raw. Yeah. He's raw. But I think there's a lot to work with there. Taylor Moten from Western Michigan had some some decent tape, and I think there's the ability to develop him as well. And Dan Feeney's just your classic guard. Dorian Johnson from Pitt, classic guard. Feeney from Indiana. So there's, there's a lot more talent in terms of guys you can get in two, three, four, you know, those rounds uh, in the interior offensive line than there is a,
2: an offensive tackle. All right, we got through the offense. Let's run through defense really quickly here. Defensive ends. Now we're, we're kind of doing these more traditionally. I know teams have these categorized, edge, you know, different ways. But we're going, you know, kind of classic, 4-3 type, Three, four, type defensive ends here. Is it Garrett Allen and Solomon Thomas, and are maybe those the best three players in the draft period? I mean, is that is that how close we are? I've got
0: Jonathan Allen as a defensive tackle, okay. but if I were, if we were going to include him in the defensive ends, then yeah, I would have I would have him two, Solomon Thomas three, and Derek Barnett would be four. Uh, if he would actually be three, if we were wound up kicking Allen inside the defensive yeah. tackle,
2: it's this is a good group. I mean, you see guys like. Charlton and Willis. Willis yeah. tested. I
1: mean, these Charles these Harris are good players from Missouri who can play in a three four or four three very effectively. Uh, some guys that you thought would be there, Smoot from Illinois, didn't produce to the level expected. His rating dropped. Uh, you, know, you got a sleeper like the kid, Villanova kid, Tano Passignon. Uh, Trey Hendrickson was productive at Florida Atlantic, with short arms. I uh, see if people grab him maybe in the third round. Uh, yeah, and there's some combo guys. There are some of those guys you could look at. Like a Derek Rivers from Youngstown, say is a 4-3 end or play on his feet. Tack McKinley from UCLA
0: is the same way. Mm-hmm. Explosive, fast, long. If he learns how to use his hands, he's going to be really good. Charles yeah. Harris, you mentioned. Tyus Bowser just finished his tape from Houston. A lot of good tape and versatility really stands out. He's a guy who legitimately has tape where you can watch him drop yeah. into coverage. Good feet, good awareness for a guy who that wasn't his primary job, but also explosive Potential as a pass rusher, Derek uh, Rivers. You mentioned from Youngstown State. Just watched his tape as well. I watched a bunch of these outside linebacker hybrid conversion players, whatever you want to call them. Tim Williams, TJ Watt. Williams from Alabama and Watt from uh, from Wisconsin. Both I think second round talents when it's Mm -hmm. all said and done.
2: But there's a whole bunch of them here. I mean, in terms of just pass rushers, Mel's got to you know people don't know uh, Terrell Basham from. Uh, Ohio Ohio is kind of a a max sleeper Demarcus Walker's a pretty good player, at least in terms of just raw ability. And these are guys that could be there, you know, late two, early three, Mm -hmm. man. There's a whole bunch of these players this year. Edge DN type. Let's go inside top three. Now again, there's going to be some classification here. Todd will have Allen inside. Mel has him as kind of a three, four defensive end, but, Inside, top three or so players in this draft is Malik McDowell. Again, a guy you could move around. But Malik McDowell, if you keep him inside, Caleb Brantley, Chris Wormley. Who else are we
1: missing, Tyler? Larry Ogun, Joby Yeah, yeah and Malik McDowell is really like a Chris Jones type of guy. That's exactly who I've... Because I, I, he, he'll, talent, he'll, motor, I, I, is that I, what you're saying? Malik McDowell has all the talent in the world. His Notre Dame was, tape was awesome. Was but was awesome. Good but luck but, but edges, the, the rest yeah, of his I mean, tape,
0: before he should completely shut it down... yeah for the rest of the season with whatever mystery injury he had is really scary. That uh, that you could see a guy play with the effort and the fire that he played with against yeah. Notre Dame and then see him give up on so many plays against Michigan, his in-state rival, that's
1: scary, but I still have him at 25 overall, just like well, I had Chris well, Jones I, last year. But there's a reason why Chris Jones went in the second round. It was because yeah, you didn't yeah. see that, and that's why Malik McDowell. No, you're down.
2: afraid if you're right. drafting early and you yeah. say, that's you know why, what, that's we that's might what start 1-5. Why five. is it with all that and ability? Chris Jones had
1: top 10 ability. Yeah. Yeah. We can't he, he was one of the
0: 15, right. 20 best Malik McDowell has
1: got a lot of ability, but he's not going to go in the first round in my opinion. I think he goes in the second round where really? Chris Jones went early to mid-second. I think I'll have him probably going in the mock, which you'll see tomorrow. We all both do second-round mocks. I have McDowell early second. Todd, did you put him in the first? I did. Okay, we'll see. But, I mean, it's a very similar kind of player. And you'll, if, there, if he goes in the second, it's for that reason.
2: All right, let's jump to inside linebackers. Uh, maybe not a first. Uh, actually, I take that back. You know, Reuben Straight. Foster, the whole thing that came with the Combine. Seems like some of that's been cleared up a little bit. Strangely talented inside linebacker class. Yeah. I was just noticing the other day. You don't it's not I was, a it's not a sexy position anymore. N-
0: uh, no, but you gotta have guys who can cover. Yeah. And now that you're seeing more and more tight end hybrids, backs that can catch, I think it's becoming a little bit more important than than before. So Ruben Foster, Foster to me is number one. You've got to deal if if you are comfortable with the character stuff, who he surrounds himself with off the field. Mm-hmm. And you believe you whatever it is a veteran locker room right coach, he's a top ten talent I think in is today's type of NFL inside linebacker who can run chase cover and is explosive. Hassan Riddick is probably the fastest rising player in the entire draft class coming out of Temple in mm-hmm. terms of the pre-draft process. Again, another
2: guy who could be on the edge though.
0: Yeah, no, I think he's going to fit, you know, almost like a Teddy Bruschi conversion from okay. the end inside backer in the league. And Jared Davis from Florida, really good player. He, to me, the testing the other day at the Florida Pro Day really helped solidify him as a, as a late one. And there's a mo- bunch of other guys, Melly, Zach Cunningham from Vanderbilt, second round pick. Uh, Raquan McMillan has some talent. Uh, the two LSU guys, Kendall McMillan and Kendall Beckwith, i, I Kendall Beckwith and- just reading my list. And Duke yeah. Riley. So uh, there's a, a lot of good guys that could wind up coming off the board in the second day of the draft where normally yeah. you don't see that kind of depth. And Ben
1: Gideon from Michigan had a really nice year uh, for a, a kid there. I him more than I thought. Yeah, but Gideon could be one of those fourth or fifth round guys. I just go back to, to – you have Reddick. Reddick to me is like Lawrence Timmons coming out. People say, well, you only had his hand. Go back to the tape. He played in space. He played in reverse. He wasn't just a guy that you know, played with his hand on the ground. So uh, I think with, with Reddick, you get a versatile kid like Timmons was coming out of Florida State. I don't, I don't see how anybody can shy away from Reuben Foster. Just a great football player with a passion for the game. Uh, I don't think he gets past the middle of the first round, around that 15 spot. But uh, it is a good group, uh, considering that you, know, you got guys like Blair Brown at Ohio, great production. Uh, Anthony Walker at Northwestern was a real good player. So, yeah, there's some even uh, you go 10 deep at inside linebacker with some guys that can play in the NFL.
2: All right. Maybe the uh, the pride of this draft is what you have in the secondary. Start with the corners. The safety is obviously really good, but start with the corners. Is it two straight Ohio State players? And then maybe is it Tredavious White or Kevin King? I'm t- Ohio State, I'm talking Marshawn Lattimore. Garyon Conley, who tested through the roof, really probably one of the biggest risers during the draft process. And then is it Tredavious White? Or Kevin King? How would you stack it up, Todd? I have Kevin King. I actually have him with the same. No, I'm just slightly
0: ahead of uh, Gary and Conley. Mm-hmm. I like both of their tape. I didn't think either was a, for, a lock first-round talent when I watched him on tape, but more so than any other position, the stopwatch rules the cornerback position. Yeah, And I, I think when you, you put together the explosive numbers from Kevin King, Gary and Conley, it's really unfortunate what happened to uh, Sidney Jones from Washington. Where are you taking Sidney Jones? Second round. Yeah. I think so. And I, but I've heard people say he may fall into the third, but I, I think he would be. You get him in the middle, late second
1: round. Well, you're Atlanta. You, you got a, a chance. Land, next, next to the last pick in the second round. If you're Atlanta, you can redshirt a guy. It's a top 20 pick. Get make back, I don't yeah. think, Tyler's there's a consensus on the second corner. That's the, no, I don't yeah. either. I think after Lattimore, you could go a variety of ways. I don't think there's any consensus on anybody from 2 through 6. Some have Marlon Humphrey, too. Some have him 6 or 7. Yeah. Some like Kevin King a little bit more than others. Uh, Chitabay Awuzie from Colorado. Some like better than others. Jordan Lewis, you know what you're getting there. Dory Jackson's not yet a finished product, yep. but he's a talent. But then you get down to guys that didn't test well, like Quincy Wilson at Florida, like Tease Tabor at Florida, like Desmond King at Iowa. Sleeper kid, used to be a Georgia at Lamar. Brendan Langley mm-hmm. could be a second- or third-round pick. Uh, Russell Douglas, West Virginia, had a lot, made a lot of plays this year. DeMonte Casey, San Diego State, great ball skills, nickel corner. I mean, you go deep. Shaq Griffin had the great workout at Central Florida. Somebody's going to look at that and say, hey, let's go back to the tape on him, and it's not that bad. So I think I had 18 defensive backs in the first two rounds. It's amazing, and it, in the first it two feels round. like
2: especially corner, certainly more than safety. We always talk about these guys are just going to struggle. I mean, coming into the league year one, the wide receivers are better route runners. But as you said, there's so many of these guys. You figure, you know, this time next year we're going to be looking back, and a few of these guys played pretty well. Mm-hmm. What about the safety class? Because this is interesting. Jamal Adams has a big pro day. We were talking about it before we went on. Great tape. How's he going to do? Is he going to sit on his four, five, six, forty, and then obviously Malik Hooker, Jabril Peppers, you know, who's one of the fun storylines of this draft, and then guy who came on. Part of it was the tape, but a big part of it was the combine. Obi Melifonwu from
1: UConn. Where do you have him lined up, Mel? All three of the top guys. There's a red flag with Jamal Adams. Really good player, did not test well. Four, five, six, and a thirty-one and a half. Red vertical.
2: flag, or is that like a? You know, yellow, slow down.
1: I think it's a go back and and try to figure out. You go back, you like the player. The top ten, top five, 31 and a half vertical. That's more of the concern than the four or five. The 31 and a half vertical is bothersome. Uh, But a heck of a player. Bloodline is correct. Malik Hooker, the injury issue. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, great. You're talking about ball skills and, and range. Perfect for today's NFL. But the injury issue with him is there. Chabril Peppers, talented kid. You know, he's going to be a Pro Bowl return man, but he's got to define that position. Mixed opinion on him, but he's still a talent. All three guys, uh, to me, have somewhat of an issue, uh, but they're all good players. And I think Adams goes maybe in the top ten, not top of the top ten, but the bottom of the top ten. Hooker, I put him three to Chicago because he won a playmaker, but the injury issue makes that a question. And Peppers, everybody's all over the place. Some i mid-first, I think late-first. I have a Todd, second round grade You know, second round. Goes. So I put th- him
0: in the first round of the of the upcoming mock draft, right. not to give away too much. The guy sitting to my right is going to be annoyed if we if we don't get en- enough clicks on it. But, um, yeah, I put Peppers towards the end of the first round, but I, I he was a tough evaluation for me because I about, like a lot of
2: parts of his game. What about I, the guy I love, Buda Baker? Where's he going to go? I think second round.
1: Second or third. Probably second, but you know, and Josh Jones, NC State, we talked about him today a little bit as far as a guy that could fall. So Marcus Williams, I'm thinking, thinking about that 43.5 vertical and all that athletic ability, not the enforcer uh, that some of the other safeties are, could be a corner. Marcus May, solid at Florida. So I like there, Marcus May. There's some good players at the safety spot. I mean, it doesn't go as deep as corner by any stretch of the imagination, but there's some guys you can go probably go 10 to 12 deep at safety.
2: Todd, I think uh, our draft room is pretty solid here. I think maybe Mel's just worn down by the travel and he's just willing to not concede to the as yeah. much. No, I think, I think they're for the top three. All right. Let's the final, the, three. the, the final, final drum consensus. roll here, Todd, do you agree with Mel and have Colin Holba from Louisville as your number one long snapper in this draft? Cause this is where things could break down. Cause you know, Belichick's going to draft one in like the fourth round <laughs> and you're going to have to talk about it. I sat
0: there long and hard.
2: Searching around the country,
0: <laughs> who'd you find, Todd? Doing everything I could to to put a guy in there, and I, I didn't find anyone. You didn't find any long snappers?
1: No, not, not. I rated the. pell got a top Turners, yeah, I got a tops. I got a top eight long. Olba's number one. <laughs> I <laughs> I get in, a top uh, five. Brad,
0: Bradley North, North Yeah, from Cal. North
2: North 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 Great Nagel name. Nagel from Cal. There. Yeah. Cole well, Matza. Cole Matza from uh, Bama. Uh-huh. I, I could, could
0: not care less. Wow. I, I,
2: we've
0: we've we have special assignment. Yeah. Give, it, give it to the intern. I, mean,
2: funny, just, I don't know do why gonna... I don't know what Todd's doing at all these pro days if he doesn't have Colin Holba from Louisville. He Holba's got a 30 grade, number one long snapper. All right, we got through the top three and sometimes eighteen at every position. He was, we are going to race through uh, a few team breakdowns, Falcons, Rams, Vikings, Pats, take a few uh, tweets, emails, questions from you, and then we're out of here. But first, are you hiring you know where to post your job to find the best candidates. Posting your job in one place isn't enough to find quality candidates. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all the top job sites. And now you can. With ziprecruiter.com, you can post your job to 200 plus job sites. That includes social media, networks like Facebook and Twitter. Do it all with a single click. You find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll in to ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Quickly screen candidates, rate them, and hire the right person fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by Fortune 100 companies and thousands of small and medium-sized businesses. And Right now, our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash first draft. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash first draft. One more time to try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash first draft.
1: The Atlanta Falcons.
2: Mel, this a year later, the Atlanta Falcons, what they did last year, arguably your favorite draft, because they got all these young defenders, and they get an undrafted guy like Brian Poole, and then they go to the Super Bowl. I mean, now what do they do for an encore? What did you give them a grade and,
1: and then a regrade? Uh, they it went B to B, an A. B to an A, yeah. yeah. B to yeah, an A. Favorite draft now. With Scott Pioli and, and Thomas Dimitrov doing a heck of a job. I think, and I think the, if Taco Charlton were around at that point, well, I think it would make sense. It landed in the second round. I said they could take Sidney Jones. And I think Sidney Jones, for somebody in the late second, when you're getting a top 15, top 20 caliber player, why not redshirt him? And, and be happy that you're getting that kind of player with a late second-round pick. So Atlanta's got options. They're picking at the end of each round. But I think if they can get another pass rusher and a corner, uh, it would be a good draft for them.
0: Yeah, I I think finding an edge at some point get some depth in terms of an edge rusher. And I gave him Jabril Peppers just as a – he was sitting there at 31. And I, I thought – I just mentioned that I gave Peppers late in the first. That's where I put him. And I, I just thought – like you said – I don't want to say it's, nothing's a luxury pick. You don't want, you're not just giving away a pick. But if you've got a guy who you know, the versatility could be intriguing to Quinn in that secondary and, and the ability to move him around and, and some of the matchups that would work in his favor, I think that would be a good spot for him if he's still available at 31. So we'll, uh, we'll see. But I, I think finding an edge is important. Continuing to build the depth and get competition on the offensive line uh, will be another priority, I think, in the first few rounds.
2: Atlanta, an interesting thought here. The only offensive line in the NFL last year, every starter played every game, and that goes right through that game was game number nineteen, obviously. But yeah, that that could be an interesting depth spot to add, just defensive tackle you, as well. You, you saw can't them take get. For wear- granted that those guys always stay healthy. You saw them get worn down
0: in that game, and how yeah, great I, they played in the, the Super Bowl against the Patriots, and then the second half was just a different. A different animal. So I think continuing to add depth really across the defensive line and and a little bit less on the offensive line.
1: The Los Angeles
2: Rams. Los Angeles Rams shut out of round one this year. They have Jared Goff to show for it. Obviously, that's not a punchline. The book obviously is wide open on Goff. Didn't really have much of a chance last year between no blocking and guys just can't catch anything at that point last year. But they're going to have to be resourceful here. Mel, you have a two-round mock coming out tomorrow. When you were looking at the Rams, where... Where were you prioritizing? Well,
1: a young offensive lineman that maybe learned from Andrew Whitworth, who was brought in from Cincinnati, yeah. would be a guy like Garrett Bowles, who has all that athleticism, has the upside, had some really strong games and some lesser games where you saw some red flags with him in terms of concentration lapses. So I think Garrett Bowles would be in a good spot with the Rams to be developed with Whitworth there. They need somebody to help out Jared Goff moving forward. They need to reconstruct that line or construct a line that's of NFL caliber. And I think if Bowles is there at thirty-seven. Uh, It's not a great year for offensive tackle, so finding one late is going to be tough. If you need one, you better get one early.
0: Cornerback's another spot I think they could look for. And they've got to find a—I don't know how you can do it besides just hitting on a second, third, fourth-round pick, but they've got to find a true go-to receiver. Yeah, going and
2: spending a bunch of money on Robert Woods, I'm not just closing the book on that position. Yeah, (laughs) Brian Quick— Tavon
0: Austin, I mean, they just they haven't been able to, to get that number one guy. And I, I think it, they'll have to continue to take some hacks at the wide receiver position. The Minnesota Vikings.
2: The Vikings was a team really undone uh, by their blocking last year. Um, so they went out and threw some money at him free agency. The question is is if, if that did anything. The problem, again, they don't have a pick in round one. They have Sam Bradford to show for it. Again, I think in terms of – Bradford being there last year versus just not having anybody at all after Teddy Bridgewater went down. Yeah, it made him a more competitive team than they would have been had he not been there. But again, now they're without a round one pick. Uh, you know, they spent some money in free agency on the offensive line. The question is if they got any better on the offensive line. Todd, is that where you're looking first? Or maybe you have to look at the defensive line. I mean, this, this is suddenly a team that has a little bit, there's some needs.
0: Yeah, I think when you look at the offensive line. They lose a couple. They gain a couple. What do they really have? And I think you you have to continue to to put guys up there. Whether you know Sam Bradford, not the most mobile guy in the world, no. and Teddy Bridgewater. What are we getting back in terms of mobility? It's going to be interesting to see. But I think offensive line is an early priority. I think another team that could find and a wide receiver. They spent the first round pick last year. What are they going to get from Laquan Treadwell in the long run? Stephon Diggs has been a playmaker, but I think not early, but later on, maybe trying to add a little bit of depth there. And um, defensive line, I mean, what, what's going on with Sharif Floyd at defensive tackle with the mm-hmm. surgery, the potential nerve damage? Not sure exactly in, yeah. in, because there's a lot of confusion about what is really happening, but when is he, what's the timetable? Are they going to get back 100% of Sharif Floyd or, you know, we just don't know. So that may become a, an
1: earlier priority than we thought considering that, that situation with Floyd. That wide receiver, they've got to get Laquan Treadwell uh, you know, get going this year. I think draft another receiver, maybe like Juju Smith-Schuster from USC wouldn't be out of the question. Uh, pick him in the second round. The offensive line's got to be better. Bradford somehow managed to survive, which was pretty amazing in itself that he was able to – I think it was a year you know, he probably played the best because he showed the yeah. toughness mm-hmm. to hang in there and take hit after hit when you thought he was going to be you know, going on to the sidelines where he would remain the rest of the year. But uh, I think the offensive line issue and then uh, getting a receiver at some point. I mean, Treadwell definitely needs to have a big year, no doubt about it. But get somebody else in there to help out as well. The New England Patriots.
2: So the New England Patriots, you know, depending on what you think of Brandon Cooks, most people think that's a pretty good player, have already done some of their drafting this year. They got Brandon Cooks uh, from New Orleans for their first-round pick, which obviously is the last pick in round one.
0: First and third,
2: and they gave up a fourth. Yeah, first and third.
0: they, uh, They gave a first and third, and they got Cooks in a fourth is what it was.
2: Yeah, so... They they got back some draft depth, I guess. Yeah, um, Coney
0: Ely trades pick. Yep, The defensive end, the tight end Dwayne Allen, uh, sixth round. What what was that trade? They I'm gave trying a, to remember. they gave a fourth, and it yeah. was Allen and a six. Allen and a six. So yeah. now they have two picks in the third. They're good. they have to give up their fourth, their first, their earliest fourth round pick for Deflate Gate, which was 118 overall. Yeah. So they've got one fourth. After two-thirds, they've got two-fifths, a six, and a seven, as of right now. But who knows what Bill and, and the gang are going to do between now and, and April's draft.
2: Yeah, it's interesting because— I guess we're in April, huh? Yeah, they have, they have those two-thirds. <laughs> is Mel asleep yet? But they also—they they have, they, they have could do some interesting things here because they have cooks. Now you figure that wide receiver group they have there is pretty well set. One interesting thing to just throw out there, we'll have fun with the speculation. There's a lot of talk that maybe this is Rob Gronkowski's last mm-hmm. year in New England based on the injuries, based on where they could end up with the contract. This is really the last year that's kind of built into his deal in terms of guarantees. This is a really deep tight end class. We know Bill Belichick, you know, they've went out they got Dwayne Allen, um, is that a position they could look at later on just because it is so deep?
0: I think it absolutely later on. It yeah. is. And I think early on how early that is is it is, does it remain that third round we'll yeah. see the two picks in the third but pass rusher defensive end edge however you want to describe it and they have different qualifications for what they're looking for for different positions yeah. but i think you could see one or two guys that are quote unquote edge type defenders that they could go after linebacker i think is is another spot that they'll they'll look in on day 3 uh cornerback depth is going to be important Running back, they've got James White. Um, they they brought in Rex Burkhead, but we're assuming the uh, LeGarrette Blunt is gone. I think they could bring in a James Conner type, a big yeah. pounder uh, at the running back position. Offensive line, they'll continue to try to find guys. Versatility, guard, tackle, and more so tackle than anything. And then later round, tight end, I, I think you're absolutely right. A guy like Jonu Smith, who had 178 catches, an F tight end type of guy who can yeah. go and make some plays. And this year, maybe become a, no, a good number two and help out.
1: And yeah, a tight end position so deep this year. I, I keep saying about Farrow Brown from Oregon. Uh, you know, Cole Hiccatini, Louisville. We'll see where he comes off the board. You mentioned Smith from Florida International. Sprinkle, Arkansas. Roberts, Toledo. Daniels, Washington. A lot of tight ends in this draft that are going to get maybe a little lost in the shuffle in a strong year like this. And you can pick those guys up in the fifth to seventh round.
2: Yeah, and in a draft full of, as Todd mentioned, edge types, a lot of good ones. I mean, They've obviously figured things out, but in the last, what, 18 months, we're talking about Jabal Sheard, Chris Long, Jamie Collins, uh, Chandler Jones, all departing the team. So regardless of what they have there on the roster, it is, it's not the deepest area on the team. It's certainly something they could look at. That's the Patriots. They uh, tend to figure things out. We are going to take a few of your mailed tweets. Look alive, man. Mel. Jordan Dijani at J. Dumba number 3 asks, Donnell Pemphrey, "See a gem in this classic? I didn't get late. What do you see there? Because we mentioned a lot of running backs, but he's, he's lost in the shuffle a little bit. There's a lot of good ones.
1: A little bit. You watch San Diego State play. A kid runs between the tackles. For his size, it's pretty remarkable yeah. what he does. Uh, I think as a kind of guy, everybody's going to say Darren Sproles. He's not that kind of player right now. But I think you get him in the fifth to sixth round area. And you get a guy that you know is battle-tested. He stayed healthy despite the carries. He's got some versatility. I think Pumphrey in the, in the day three area, I would say mid-day three, uh, considering running backs always drop a round or two more than they should, uh, could be, an, I think, an accent piece is the way you would view Donnell Pumphrey.
0: Yeah, 5'8", five, five, and a little change. 176 is the really the concerning part. But he ran in the four fours. His background, he... He needs football, loves football, and he is determined. And he's always been told, no, you can't get a scholarship here. No, you're not going to get drafted in the first few rounds. And all he does is he just keeps overachieving. So I I pull for guys like that. I I think he's got a chance to to make a lot of people look dumb when it's all said and done.
2: I can just see round three accent pieces sponsored by Pierre One. Do Ryder and Markman have that lined up or what? (laughs) He's an accent piece, according to Mel. Jason Lloyd asks (laughs) – Hold on. At Twitter wow. handle two tone blue blood. Todd. Uh how does uh I assume he's talking about uh Marshawn Lattimore, how does he stack up compare him to Jalen Ramsey from last year's draft? Who would be number one if they were both on your board this year? That's a pretty good question. Marshawn
0: Lattimore and oh and Jalen Ramsey. I was thinking yeah. Jalen Smith for no. some reason. Sorry. Can tell where there's this is the last last fleeting moments of our day. Um it's a good question. They're very different players. Yeah. Ramsey was versatile, physical, great in press coverage. and I Ramsey think, played safety, played slot, yeah. played everywhere. Yep, played all around. Lattimore is a pure man-to-man cover corner. Mm-hmm. Fluid hips, quick, good ball skills, uh, better ball skills than Ramsey had coming up. So, it, to me, they're very, very different players. Probably similar in terms of grade. Lattimore, just missing experience I, I would probably say Ramsey's slightly ahead in terms of gray but they're right in that same
2: range i like this one mike facey at champagne facey get the baltimore thing ready mel could mike williams fall to the ravens at 16
1: i think it's a possibility i wouldn't say it's going to happen yeah like, you yeah, get teams like cincinnati sitting there buffalo sitting there that could take him uh you know well for the Ravens pick, the Ravens have needs other places. Keep that in mind. I mean, this is a team that needs an edge pass rusher. I uh, need an offensive lineman. Uh, you know, at that point, be it a tackle or a guard, because Alex Lewis has versatility to play right tackle or a uh, guard spot. Uh, you know, they certainly could look at a corner, but uh, I think wide receiver uh, need. But I think there's a little bit more pressing areas right now for the Baltimore Ravens.
2: All right, one more, just because I we haven't seen this name much, but Akella Witherspoon, know that name? Yeah. Mikey at NJ Chiefs says, why isn't he higher on draft boards? Mel, he suggests maybe it's tackling issues. What do you think?
1: Well, I think it's a combination of it, but I think it's the, the strength of the position and the fact that I tell you, he had a good year. You, know, you, you watched uh, the the Colorado defense. Awuzie was the guy you were watching, and, and this kid stuck out. I think he's got a chance, and I said 18 defensive backs I have in the first two rounds. He was a consideration. I think at worst time, probably a third-round pick. I think you could see as many as 25 DBs going the first three rounds. I got 18 in the first two. That'd be 25 in the first three. I don't know if it's unprecedented, that number, Todd, but it'd be, it's got to be almost a record.
0: Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. But I, I, we had a day three, earlier day three, great on him. Really was impressed with the tape. Didn't expect to see that.
2: Well, we had a few questions. Uh, we got to cut the cord on this one before, before we lose Mel. Because the cord's been cut there a while ah, ago. I'm hanging in. Uh, full day tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Both of these guys have two-round mock drafts. Mel, how many uh, changes did you send in? I always loved those. Just a
1: couple here and there, but, I mean, it, it's hard because if you change one, it affects two you, or three. He change like nine. And yeah, change- he, he
0: always, so he makes fun of me and stands over my shoulder when I'm trying to finish the second round of the mock, right? You're so slow. What, I can't believe you're only going to pick ten of the second round. This is crazy. What are you doing, McShane? Come on, McShane. First of all, he says... You know, what are you doing? Well, Mel, I'm, I'm sitting here talking to you the whole time because you won't shut up. <laughs> secondly, secondly, at least when I'm done, I'm done. Yeah. He has 33 revisions. It winds up taking just as long for him when he's all said and done.
2: Mel's like the uh, Constitution. <laughs> There's like 27 amendments. They're called updates, McShay. <laughs> updates. Okay. Updates. Yeah, because we don't do enough mock drafts.
1: Yeah. Updates. You never feel perfect about something. Things happen, Todd. You get late information coming in. Yeah. You know, you got you to gotta make it to hey, the fans are getting the latest possible information that you're going to give them. Well, I, most, I want you to change this thing. That's why I did mine today. On 11:59 tonight, you can make a change.
2: Okay. I would, I would suspect that. I mean, I, I assume that all 32 GMs uh-huh. are listening to this podcast weekly. Just have to assume, but this one is probably the biggest because it's the McShea and Kuiper unified positional big board. I mean, I'm sure, they're all over it. I, I would think, I Josh, I would listening. slap 9.99 on this sucker. Just see what kind of numbers we can do.
1: I would agree with that. I know a couple right. former GMs that might listen. <laughs> <laughs> they need I TV buy,
2: content. For entertainment purposes, right, Todd? Uh, but that's, uh, that's first draft for this week. Uh, chemistry issue is not as bad as I thought, but uh, we'll be back at it again soon. Mel, are you going to escape next week or are you going to be back
1: here? Oh, I will be in Tampa on Wednesday. Okay. Down with John Gruden, who you know. Is going to be howling about something as John will He's do. Going to fix your board. He'll have his favorites yeah. and his not so favorite. Um, so I'll be down there, and I will be uh, Glow Point I believe, Friday. Todd, you'll be up here a little bit next week. I think three days. Wow,
2: putting in time. That is first draft for this week. The Unified Big Board. We hit. Uh, we even hit teams that don't even pick in round one. That's uh, extensive. Like I said, nine ninety nine. You get it for free, uh, and even got some of your mail. We'll do it again soon. If we can uh, figure out a time when one of you isn't in Tampa, one of you isn't on TV. Good luck. Uh, That's First Draft for this week. I'm Chris, Mel, Todd. Uh, We'll do it again soon. Thanks for listening to First
0: Draft. For more great podcasts, check out ESPN.com slash podcenter.